Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Movie Mastery. Why, tis I, the very host of your podcast and ours, John. With me, tis Jeff. Verily, we're here. Yeah, yeah. Um, forsooth. There we are. Uh, okay. Forsooth. Yeah, I did one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what's up? It's me, Jeff. I'm also here. Yay! Uh, yeah, we, uh, you know, we normally watch the movies that you ask us to, and this time is no different, for I have randomly rolled up an extremely goofy movie. Oh, which one? Uh, an extremely goofy movie from 2000. Oh, oh, okay, so, uh... I'm gonna keep narrowing it down. (laughs) So, Shallow Al? (laughs) (laughs) Someone's gonna tell me what year that actually was. Please don't, I don't give a shit. I don't know what movies came out in 2000. Hey, no one gives a fuck about anything here. (laughs) We're all just coasting on vibes, you know but what you I'm know, saying, man? You know, one of my favorite extremely goofy movies is the uh, released in theaters classic, The Goofy Movie. Is that the is that the extremely goofy movie you might? No, be you might also be thinking of a goofy. Oh, movie. a goofy movie. Yes, yeah, the one one of my favorite Disney movies of all time has a lot of interesting gravitas and like like dark moments, which you would not expect to be acted out by Goofy and Pete. But uh, but it is anyway. Is that the movie? Is that that seems no. like a pretty extremely goofy movie. It's the sequel to that. Where uh, it's not a sequel at all. It's just another movie from the same fucking franchise. I mean, it's. I guess you could say it's a sequel because it does take place later chronologically. Because <laughs> the goofy movie, a goofy movie, he is still in high school. Yes, this is a graduated. Uh, this is, this is uh, Max is off to college. Yes. That said, there is literally nothing in this movie uh, other than the chronological passage of time and one weird choice that was made and in both these movies. one weird trick that doctors <laughs> hate. Uh, to suggest that this is connected in any way to the far superior A Goofy movie. Yeah. God, this movie... Uh, I mean, obviously, when we get into the full spoilers, as we are just doing our overview right now, uh, I will have some very specific things to say. Yeah. But let me just say overall, the problem I have with most of this movie uh, is that everyone kind of sucks and is an idiot. Yes, it's an idiot plot where if anyone actually had a conversation, everything would be resolved right away. Uh, the but ba- it's also everyone's an asshole. Yes. Like Max and Goofy are both assholes in very different ways, mm-hmm. but both extremely bad. Yes. Uh, in fact, basically this is a movie about the like B-level like supporting characters for Max and Goofy being at their best. Like you're never going to like Polly Shore <laughs> as much as he is in this movie where he plays a relatively minor character who doesn't do anything stupid. I mean, he doesn't even do the cheese whiz thing from the first movie. No, the fact that they actually decided to bring Polly Shore from the first movie back and mm-hmm. be like, ah, yeah, we're not going to, you know, Roxanne, gone without a choice. I got my theories on that. And everything else from that movie doesn't matter. But by God, we want Polly Shore back. Oh, are you going to give him business? No, sir. No, he has like one motivational speech at one point, which he plays completely straight. And it's like, why did you, why is he here? Look he is at- He is theoretically, though, the only actual connective tissue between these because he's the only character that is only in these two films yes. and nowhere else. He's not. In the, he's not in the series. It's uh, it's an interesting choice. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you aren't Max or Goofy in this, and you were one of the like, oh, I was a main character from the show or the other movie, you get 
Nothing. Should P or uh, PJ was a major character on the series. There are multiple points throughout this movie where he just gets batted out of the scene and then just doesn't show up again until he is unmentioned. Just returns like three scenes later. Oh You're yeah. Like, hey, didn't you get knocked into the sky? And he's like, yeah, don't worry about it. I got a thing. No, PJ in this movie got done dirty, <laughs> super dirty. PJ is like window dressing for ninety percent of this film. Mm-hmm. He has. Three lines. <laughs> and is it me or do they make him like four times fatter than he's ever been before in this movie? Also, yes. Yeah, that was an int- I mean, I get it. He's a little older. He's off to college. They're clearly, they're showing his trajectory is tor- leading towards like, you know, lifestyle. Just being Pete. Just being a ne- a- another Pete. Um, but, you know, I, I don't. I, here's uh, Let's get my theory on the other side of the break about that. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's fine. That's fine. N- theories are for after the music. Yeah, that's right. They're, 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 we have post music theories. Now, I will say this. This movie got critically a decent amount of acclaim in fact rated better than a goofy movie when it came out that is insane because this right? movie this movie is it's not terrible here's the thing it's 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 an, back to school but shitty yes it's basically <laughs> just an extremely generic kids kid goes to college dad shows up at college uh movie there's not there's nothing as poignant or heartfelt that as you as the uh, major scenes from the first movie the uh, and also, I gotta say, switching out Tevin for uh, just generic uh, Tevin, the guy who played uh, Tevin Campbell, Tevin Campbell, the guy who played Powerline in the first one and gave us the amazing "I Do I" song and so on, yeah, has been replaced with like fucking peaches and herb. They just play, or they just put like, oh, you know, what if we had some like the cheapest disco we could get? Oh yeah, the fact that there is a weird seventies disco underline that goes through this movie for some reason, I'm like. You never pay this off in anything but one scene, and even then, it's mostly just a... It feels very, given that this came out in 2000, like a boomer, hey, disco's still cool, kids. I kind of... My thought on that was, obviously, this is the movie where they hook up Goofy with, like, a new uh, love interest, and they, they were like, how the fuck do you hook Goofy up with anybody? He has no traits beyond wanting sandwiches and loving his son. Yeah. How are we going to do this? And they were like, oh, we'll just give him a trait, and then that trait will be identical to a trait that the new love interest has, and yeah. it'll be fine. We will whole cloth invent something <laughs> for Goofy to care about, and then coincidentally, this other person cares about it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's it, to me, it's a severe downgrade. It's not. It's it's shocking. It got better reviews, but what are you gonna do? Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go ahead play a little music. We're gonna come back. Uh, we're gonna get deep into the the very disco weeds that are surrounding mm-hmm. an extremely goofy movie. And, uh, but you know, before we do that, let me say, this is fine. It's fine. That's my generic. I, I, have, I mean, it's on Disney plus. So if you've got nothing else to watch, you can watch it. It is a blessed like 81 minutes. Yes. So you're not going to waste too much of your life. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back with the full review of an extremely goofy movie. And it is time to apologize to Jeff for stealing his last seven up. That's <laughs> fine. I'm not that mad. <laughs> I mean, Grant, I am a hundred percent destitute, so I will not have another one for much time. Oh, but but I'll much figure, time. I'll figure it out. But can we just start this one without me getting into my my uh, life woes? To instead mention what the fuck ever happened to Peg and Pistol? That is a thing that carries over, just like Polly Shore. A goofy movie decided. You know what? 
I know that throughout the entire show of Goof Troop, there was PJ's sister and, of course, his mom and Pete's wife. And for some reason, they don't exist. They're just gone. Which now, at least in a Goofy movie, it's road they trip. are... Father-son road trips. Yeah, it's, it's father-son time. And so being like, oh, we're just focusing on the relationship between father and son. Yeah. Like, the entire theme about this is, you know, the wanting to connect, but also growing apart. Like, okay, you don't need to have... Uh, peg and pistol show up that's yeah. fine you also get the i mean in the first movie we get this parallel where goofy can observe pete who's got a son who's obedient but he doesn't care about him in the slightest and he kind of treats him like shit where pete or goofy can be like i don't want to take this level of discipline that you are with your kid because you don't have a good relationship with him yeah i want to have a good relationship. so there's a whole parallel here they're just gone and they're so gone that pete's first line in this movie is i don't know about you goof but i can't wait for my fucking kid to get out of the house so i ain't got a babysit no more and i'm like dude he has a little sister yeah she's like four years younger than him you are not done oh yeah he spends the entire opening barbecue scene of this just being like well goof from now on i've got no one left in the house and i'm like did did he get divorced? Did, did you get divorced? Did she take one of the kids? And just go? Did, the, did you have a crazy cartoon judge who just split the house up by gender? Yeah. It was like, <laughs> all right, Pete, it's time for you to get divorced. And that, of course, means I'm going to draw a line down your house. <laughs> now, Pagan Pistol will be on one half and you'll be on the other. And yeah. don't let me see you cross the line. Yeah, exactly. A cartoon judge who probably also was like, also, Goofy has to be your butler for a month. I don't know. <laughs> like, like why? I wasn't even involved. <laughs> I don't like your face. Order in my courtroom. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I find that very weird. I get it. It's the logic of the two films. The, they, they decided that, that Peg and Pistol were like, not useful characters. But if you watched the show before this, you're like, what the fuck are you talking about, Pete? You have a family. <laughs> <laughs> you are a married man with two children. The idea that, Ah, finally, PJ is going to leave, and now I'll be free of all children. Is like, I'm sorry, my man, you have lost your goddamn mind. Notably, the whole point of pay of Pete and his family in the Goof Troop show was that they recommended the Joneses, or they represented the Joneses, with which Goofy was incapable of keeping up. Yeah, I mean, they represented the whole nuclear family of like, here's you know, mom, dad, two kids, mm -hmm. you know, one Super boy, one rich girl, for some fucking reason. Yeah, that that like upper middle class suburban dream yes always he, he's always got a new rv or an expensive barbecue setup that was his whole deal was he was rich but we never understood quite why i always figured pete was just in some kind of organized crime racket. i mean obviously that just seems right <laughs> uh, like maybe he has a car dealership but it's a front for something i'm putting drugs in the car goof <laughs> you want a kilo <laughs> you goof <laughs> but, but hey, goof! Why don't you come over for a bump? <laughs> so we ha we open the movie with all three of the of the remaining kids because Roxanne is just gone, disappeared, never to be talked of or seen again. <laughs> but that said, she is also in this movie. One hundred percent disagree with you on that. I'm, no, I'm not saying that she is in the movie. No, no, I one hundred percent disagree with the whole beret girl thing because <laughs> beret girl is a new character in the movie. She's a love interest for PJ, and she it looks almost exactly like a slightly grown up Roxanne with Disagree. darker hair. Disagree. <laughs> but yeah, we'll get to her in a bit. That's fine. We can have a disagreement on the subject. Um, but the three kids have become obsessed with extreme sports. And so the three of them are rollerblading, biking, and skateboarding, and doing a lot of high fives and saying extreme sports things. And that's an interesting piece about this movie. It is 
licensed and branded. They actually do the X Games and the ESPN logos on the th- and things. Oh yeah, this is an extremely goofy movie brought to you by ESPN and the X Games. Yeah, so that's that's a weird choice. But the three of them have clearly dropped all pretense of interest and any interest other than going to college, being cool kids in college. And winning at skateboarding. They don't really have any other interests anymore. I do think it's interesting and at least a decent twist on the normal thing that you would see in this is that, of course, all three of them are like, well, the uh, college X Games are going to be happening at the college we are going to. We want to compete in them. And normally in a thing like this, they'd be like, oh, the Gamma House fraternity has for six years or whatever been the top number one competitors in these college X games. Yeah. And instead of going, we want to join them, they're like, nah, fuck that. We're going to beat them. And that yeah. is a nice twist on it because normally the way it sets up is we want to join the Gammas. The Gammas are assholes. Now our underdog heroes will have to compete against them. But instead, they from the get-go are like, nah, fuck those guys. <laughs> The thing that's another thing that amuses me throughout the course of this movie is the Gammas keep like trying to add Max, and then when they can't get Max, they try they recruit Goofy, and because obviously this is a story about Goofy showing up at his kid's college. Uh, but I'm like, wait, did Goofy fucking move in? Because that's a fraternity. You can't just join it and stay in your cheap apartment or whatever. You you got to go live in their dumb frat house now, Goofy. We have no idea no what idea. happens with Goofy. We don't, we don't know for what a living, lot of it. We don't know what his living situation is at all. No, we see the dorm room that our three main college student protagonists have, Mm -hmm. they all have a room together. Yeah. Which is weird. Normally you don't get a three-person room, but whatever. I've seen them, but yeah. Like, normally you would either have a two or a four. Yeah. Because you'd be looking at two bunk beds or just, you know, two single beds. Yeah. No, for sure. But anyway. but So, yeah, the kids are doing skateboarding. Goofy and Pete are are, are getting burgers together because the kids are going off to college tomorrow. Uh, Goofy is incredibly sad about it, which... You know, it should come as no surprise. That's That was his only other family member living with him. He's going to be entering into a new and probably pretty depressing phase of his life. Yeah. Pete should uh, be like, oh, my kid's going off to college, but at least I've got my loving wife and child. But th- he obviously doesn't. He lost them in the divorce. Um, no, he is just he, like, I can't wait for my kid to go off to college, and then I'm going to turn his room into a bowling alley. Yes. <laughs> And I'll walk around naked. I mean, I always did, but more. Oh, I'm going to hit those pins with balls, if you know what I mean, Goof. Why don't you come over? <laughs> yeah. the I am, Do a 7-10 split. There is the probably of all of the many things missing between a goofy movie and an extremely goofy movie is that palpable sexual tension is yes, gone the, there's now. just nothing. Go, uh, in fact, you only ever see Pete in his backyard grilling burgers. He's in two scenes in the movie, and in both of them, he's running around his backyard grilling burgers, I'm assuming because they didn't want to do the animation rig for another outfit for him. Yeah, they were just like, yo, you got an apron on, and you're just wearing this outfit, you're cooking burgers, fuck it, that's all. <laughs> we aren't doing the interior of your house, we ain't putting you in any sort of new environments, negative but mostly this is the only good part of this movie for me is this sequence where where you see goofy being sad because his son's going off to college he's desperate to try and pack in as much dadding as he can in the last couple minutes of his of this part of his this phase of his life so he sits all three of the kids down and gives them a lecture about how life is like horseshoes that they've all already heard he's like uh, everything is uh, just very poignant for him. Obviously, it's being skewered in the background by PJ now being the recipient of fat jokes like you wouldn't believe, which is a new thing. PJ's always been a heavy character. 
They usually left him alone about it unless it was a very special episode. But here we start right away with him being like, I gotta eat 10 of these hot dogs! <laughs> and someone else being like, PJ, 10 is too many hot dogs. You don't need that many hot dogs. He's like, I do! I've... I've literally grown to twice the size I was in the TV show. Food is what I use for love. <laughs> Have you seen my dad? My dad's a monster, and so I eat my pain. <laughs> so PJ is just fat joke recipient in this movie. He gets a love interest. That's nice, but it's so backgrounded and non-essential as to basically be nothing. It is... <laughs> God, everything about... The love interest? Beret girl, Beret girl is, is the worst. It's cringe-inducing. Uh, but yeah, so basically Max is super excited to go off to college. He feels pretty smothered by his dad. I get it. He's a teenager. But also, you know, he has at least a thing where he's like, it's not just college. He has a like very distinct interest as far as specifically skateboarding goes mm-hmm. in terms of X Games stuff. But the fact that the X Games would be at the college he is going to, mm-hmm. like, that's a huge deal for him. Yeah. So he's pretty self-absorbed at the moment. Understandably, it's a big change in his life, too. But Goofy isn't quite seeing that and is mostly just afraid of empty nest syndrome. So we get this is the only part we get any, like, real poignancy is these shots of Goofy looking in through the, the door at his son. Big watery eyes as his kid picks up his old stuffed animal oh, again. Because yeah. there's, I mean, there's, like, the scene where Max is packing... And he's just strapped, yo. He is packing, and he is gonna kill some motherfuckers. Yeah. No. Uh, Max is like getting all of his stuff together, and you know he's like, "Oh, I'm not gonna bring my little stuffed bear with me." And of course, Goofy's like, "Well, you gotta bring your stuffed bear." And they just go back and forth, and yeah. finally, he just like throws it. Yeah. And that beginning part of this movie, like you say, is the only part where I'm like, this feels like a like, sequel like a sequel because there's still that like the two of them even through that you know argument there's still a tender moment where they sit there and they're like okay like he gives them a fucking old ass typewriter and instead of going like oh i don't need this and i thought for sure mm-hmm. when he left and that Goofy would went back behind. to his room it would be in his room yeah but no he fucking took it he was like this is a thing that was my dad's dad's he wants me to have it. I'm not going to use it, but I understand, you know, there's that connection moment. Yeah. And that beginning part of it is like, okay, that feels the way the tone of this should be. Like, Goofy is sad. Max is embarrassed, but still loves his dad. Like, yes. you've got that good connection. And then after that, everyone just cranks their dumb crap so far up that Goofy's like, Oh, I literally can't exist. I'm stalker levels of obsessed with my son. Yes. Like, creepy obsessed with my son. Yeah, like, even even to other unrelated characters, when they ask him what he's doing, he's like, I'm here at college so I can get closer to my son. Like, And he's not. He's not there at college for that. He's at college because he never graduated from college, and he got fired, and then in the, it, he gets fired from this weird job at a toy factory with like this crazy-looking old man running it. Again, because he's having hallucinations yeah. about Max, because he is... I need to... <laughs> it's hard to get over just exactly how much Goofy can't cope. He is, I need to state, creepy about it. Yeah. Like, just like... In the way that you would normally play someone who isn't over an X mm. is the way that they play him pining over Max. Yeah. And it feels weird. Yeah, it's too much, especially given that, again, I hate to keep harping on it, but the first movie was a, a lot about how Goofy needed to learn to trust Max to be independent. Yeah. 
And now he's like, oh, I, I, I trust him to be independent. I don't trust me not to be codependent. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So he gets fired from his job. And then in a weird scene, he goes to the unemployment office, which it's the standard like movie unemployment office, where instead of just being like, did you say, do you agree that you looked for work this week? Here is a crappy check. Yeah. Instead, it's like, I can't find you a job because you don't have a college degree, Mr. Goofy. Which is weird. Yes. You would think most people in the unemployment line would be like, yeah, I'm I'm doing, you know. I'm looking for a labor or just retail. Just labor job, some, something. Some, that, I'll take a job, please. It's not like he, he had a high level. He was an assembly line worker at a toy factory. Exactly. So, I'm sure there's a job exactly like it at the next factory over. But no, she's like, you have to graduate from college, and specifically the one your son's going to. <laughs> well, we find out that he took three years of college and then dropped out after his junior year of college for just the reason that he was like, oh, it was difficult. I just that, didn't want to do it. I just didn't feel like doing it. Yeah, which is the thing I kept. Like, I was like, okay, what, what could lead him to drop out from college? Probably his first marriage. How come this movie's not about where's Goof, where's Max's mom? That would, I mean, I know that's an extremely stereotypical thing for this movie to have been about, but it would make a lot more sense than Max is grumpy because his dad keeps getting in the way of his skateboarding. Yeah. Let me say how much I miss that they didn't give us. I know that I'm sure Dis the Disney people on high were like, you do not ever talk about fucking Max's mom. You do <laughs> not get to ever talk about that, except boy, I sure miss her. And that is it. I know. That's got to be how it worked. I mean, they fucking did it for Chucky Finster on the Rugrats at some point. He had a single father for forever, and then they made a movie that was about Chucky's mom, who had it going on. <laughs> but in this, I was like, God, the entire relationship that he has with the uh, librarian of this college that is his love interest, I'm like, that would have gone so much better and felt more interesting and deeper and... I would have given a shit if it had been like, oh, we're going to do flashbacks to the actual 70s when he was in college mm -hmm. and show him like in this parallel how he found love then with Max's mom and him finding love now and whether or not that makes him feel guilty. That would be an amazing like parallel storyline mm -hmm. that would make me give a shit. Instead of just goofy, randomly like 70s things. And now so does the librarian. They fuck. <laughs> I like that Goofy graduated from, apparently didn't graduate, but he left college sometime in like 1975 or so. It, I don't know if the timeline adds up exactly right. but I mean, it's somewhere in the 70s. But the thing is, he shows up to college being like, fuck it, I'm a, I'm a disco Goofy now. Like day one, minute one, he, he kicks open the door to the same class as Max. I guess he's just in all of Max's classes. And, and he, I, because I, again, he needs to graduate college, which presumably means he needs to finish the courses he didn't take. You know, not the freshman courses that yeah. Max is taking. I mean, here's the thing. I, I did have that like, God, you should not be in the same classes. And there's, there's some, uh, some real treating college like high school stuff that goes on in here oh, as well. So much. But the, at least with that, I went, oh, I guess he could be taking like the same math class as him because he's like, oh, I didn't ever take yeah. a quantitative class. I just class. need some, he might be in that, I just need 12 units kind of situation. Yeah, like, he, he might have been like, what. I finished my like requirements for the degree. I just, I never took a math class and you have to take a math class. I never took, you know, 
something, whatever. I got to take one of those. But instead, so... it's really just more of a don't fucking worry about it. He he needs to cramp his son's style, which means that he's always in his classes and also in his dorm room and also follows him to the lunchroom and also follows him to the bathroom. Yeah. It's got to be that. That's just don't worry about the logistics. But we get we get a great scene where Sam or, or sorry, where Max and his kids or Sam and Max where Sam and Max and their kids where where, uh, where Max and his buddies take off for college in an old shitty van which I think is PJ's, and then we get the coolest song in the movie because we have to establish the cool bona fides of our young X Games-obsessed uh, 1990s teenagers, which is, of course, a cover of Future So Bright, I Gotta Wear Shades by legendary late 90s punk pi- uh, pioneer Pat Benatar. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the fact that they're like, oh, yeah, these, <laughs> these cool... College-bound kids are definitely going to be listening to Pat Benatar. That makes the most sense. Yeah, at least in the first movie, fucking Max was cool. He was into the local equivalent of Prince in the 90s. Yeah. It was like 1994, and he was like, fuck yeah. We go, oh, Could Disney afford Prince? No. Plus, it's the mid-90s, so he's in the middle of that weird, like, artist known as Prince shit. We don't want to touch that. Yeah, we're not into that. But we can afford Tevin fucking Campbell, and he can sing like Prince. We and- can afford two new songs. <laughs> That's what we can afford. But no, here he's got to be into fucking Pat Benatar covering 80s uh, anthems. I don't even know what you call fucking Future So Bright. It's a boring song. Eh. But yeah, we we also get... Again, I like the... The three of them are not underdog nerds to start because when they get to college, they're like, we're fucking skateboarding and rollerblading and we're doing fucking X game shit. And the people who see us are like, oh shit, those guys are rad. Yeah. Look at them. They can do cool stunts and shit. Yeah. They're immediately very good at skateboarding. And not only that, they immediately attract the attention of our movie's bad guy. Uh, Ren Hoek. <laughs> <laughs> dressed up as Bradley Uppercrust the third. Bradley is he actually voiced by No, okay. but his his facial features yeah, are one thousand percent Ren from Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, he looks like he should be voiced by like the guy who voices Yakko. I forget his name, but he's just got that that specific asshole character, like teenage character that that guy does when he plays those. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Bradley Uppercrust the third and his his dumb cohorts from Gamma House immediately take stock of this guy and are like Oh, uh, I don't know who voices Bradley, but obviously his 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 henchman tank is Brad Garrett. That's visible. I love it when Brad Garrett voices like a, a college character as well. Yeah, he's hey, like, I'm in college. That's me. I'm a college guy. I'm a, I'm just like Goofy. I'm 46 years old. <laughs> uh, I got sciatica and my lumbago. <laughs> my kid's going here too. Bradley's my kid. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. I'm Br- I'm Bradley up across the second. You can call me Tank. Uh, also, we gotta talk about how fucking Tank talks ex- exactly. Uh, he- he's doing like an Andrew Dice Clay for some reason. Hey, baby, he I calls, love you. He calls everyone baby. Oh, don't throw me that smoke show, baby. And you're like, the fuck is this guy? Did they I- <laughs> did they just let you pick your own thing? Did you pull all of your mannerisms out of a hat like you were on Who's Line? What the fuck is this? <laughs> But they follow our main characters who are being cool skateboarders all the way to a beat poetry coffee cafe. Again, this movie's got just a wild sense of what the 90s were. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they're like, all right, what are the kids like? Well, kids these days, they uh, they hang out at coffee shops. That's a thing kids do. You're like, okay, I guess they'll go there. Do you know anything about coffee shops? I stopped paying attention to the world <laughs> in about 1970, so no. <laughs> yeah. 
I assume they have not changed, and it is just where beat poets go to read their poetry, and shitty jazz plays in the background. Oh, and they receive snaps, obviously. And nothing is scarier to uh, to uh, frat house dudes who have a bunch of muscle guys with them than being snapped at by beat poets. It, I mean, at least then you're like, oh, the entire cafe turns against the gammas, and you're like, all right, I know they're just snapping at you, but they got numbers. Sure, I get it. <laughs> But the when they go there, there is, of course, a beret girl who does not get a name, is the main love interest for PJ as well as uh, Bobby, Polly Shore's character. They both fall for her. Mm-hmm. And, of course, PJ wins. This <laughs> It's because he has one... It's it's fucking insane. She she comes up and she like wants to sit down at the or like he or she thinks Max is cool because Max tells off Bradley Uppercrust. Yeah. So she goes by to congratulate him and he invites her to sit with them or I guess uh, Bobby does because Bobby's being a little desperate. But when she sits down, she's PJ has some line about how people are mean to fat fat folks, which she immediately turns into like an insane elocution uh, oratory on how people are mean to fat folks because I think he's just trying to blend into the beat poetry. Well, yeah, he we get the. Ah, uh, yes. Bobby and PJ are both interested in Beret Girl, mm-hmm. but Bobby is unwilling to change who he is and just presents, hey, this is me and I like you. Whereas PJ is like, I will pretend to be someone else entirely. I will code switch immediately. Yeah. <laughs> so he just has this line about how like fat people are soulful, but they they are never given respect by the man. And she's like, ooh, who, would, who wouldn't give you respect, big fella? Let's go dance immediately. <laughs> Yeah, it is. <laughs> and he is just a fucking beat poet. I, I got to assume this is how he survived life with his dad, was just like adopt whatever persona his current Pete yeah. currently required. Whatever, whatever thing his dad was currently into, because obviously he changed hobbies all the time. Yes. Whatever his dad was into, he immediately had to be like, yes, I am a thousand percent into golf this week. I mean, bowling. I mean, whatever the fuck dumb thing you do. Yeah. So on the rare occasions that we ever see PJ again... All he does is come up to Max and be like, Max, buddy, we missed the, the wholeness of your real oneself with our, pl- with our presence. Anyway, I've got one more line in this movie. Bye. <laughs> God damn it. The fuck? If you're going to write him out, write him the fuck out. Yeah. Don't give me this half measure that makes him look like a turd. I liked PJ. Yeah. You could have just been like, oh, Max goes off to college by himself. Yeah. And we get a little moment where he has to say bye to PJ at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Fine. But instead, they're like, oh, no, he drags his friends with him. But neither of them will get any business outside of trying to impress an unnamed coffee shop per- patron yeah. who they then decide... Bobby's like, all right, well, I guess you win because I'm not willing to sacrifice who I am for that. And PJ's like, I will do anything. Yeah, it's amazing that it works and it goes unremarked upon. Where you think it'd be like, oh, she she's not necessarily attracted entirely to anyone who can affect the patois of a beat poet. That's not her only criteria for attraction. No, it is. No, 100%. That's, I mean, that's why her name is just Beret Girl, because that's her only human or living characteristic. I assume she's some kind of dog. <laughs> Notably, in order to fit more Goofies into the world of the Goofy movies, they have to keep playing with that basic dog profile. And so Goofy's new love interest straight up looks like a dog. Oh, for sure. And it's weird. (laughs) Everyone else is from the Goofy universe. She's from like rock and roll. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Everyone else is like, oh, I'm a dog in the way Goofy is a dog. And she is like, I am straight up a pedigree show dog. You know the fox and the hound? I'm related to both of them. (laughs) 
It's just weird, man. Uh, but yeah, so Goofy shows up to college already being like, well, it was the 70s when I left, so here's my giant afro. Yeah. And my bell bottoms. I'm like, okay. All right, we at least got when he was in the unemployment office. He was like, well, I don't know how to be cool. I stopped going in the 70s. So he's like, I'll just do 70s stuff. Okay, classic dumb goofy logic of this was cool. I'll do it. Fine. I don't have a problem with him showing up that way. But the fact that he's like, oh, everyone made fun of me and I figured out that that wasn't a thing. However, Mm -hmm. I will stick to my guns. It's It's so weird. He does kind of give up on the 70s thing at first. Because what happens is... Bradley tries to recruit Max. Max shoots him down entirely, and then get and then they all the whole beat poetry room scares him out of the building. Later, he Max is out practicing skateboarding as the upper crust and his his uh, Gamma House minions show up to watch. And Goofy Goofy's like he will Goofy, and you know get, does an accidentally brilliant skateboarding routine entirely on accident with lots of ah ha ha hooies. And at one point, his hat and bell bottoms inflate even so that he's like parachuting down on the skateboard. Yeah, which is the, and it makes Max feel embarrassed that his dad is accidentally a better skateboarder than Max is on purpose. Well, he doesn't care at that point, which is weird to me. Yeah. Because after the whole, like, oh, uh, Goofy, you know, does his standard, oops, I fucked around and did something impressive thing. He's like, oh, here come the Gammas and they want to recruit Goofy because they just saw what he did. Yeah. And Max is like, yes, this is, this is perfect. I should put my dad on the Gamma team because... He's awful at this. I'm like, no, he's not. You've lived with Goofy your entire life. You know the second that he tries to do something he can't, he will do it flawlessly. Yeah, remember any civ- single moment you've had with your dad. Hell, just remember the fucking perfect cast. Yeah. That's the only thing you got to remember. That time he was like, oh, I know how to do a fishing move. And they're like, great. It's an international dance sensation. Everyone fucking loves you forever. He only wins when the chips are down and they will be down at some point. Put him on your team and then don't give him anything to do. Yeah. But instead, he's like, oh, this is the perfect opportunity. If we, because initially, Goofy's like, no, I can't be on the Gamma team because I want to support my son and you're his competitors, so no. But then Max convinces him to join because he's like, oh, this is perfect. It'll get our my dad out of our hair, but also he'll sabotage them. And I'm like, ah, oh, you're dumb. You're, think- you don't... You don't have genre savvy, Max. The thing that bothers me, the, right before this scene, there is a scene where Goof, where, where Max confronts the realization that his dad is now attending his college and blowing all of his plans. And he sits his dad down and has a conversation with him where he's like, look, dad, I love you, but I'm trying to be my own guy here at college. And I, I here's I'm going to lay down some ground rules. You can't come to our, you can't burst into our dorm room unannounced. You can't yell weird shit at me in class. You can't follow me around, me or my friends around, and you got to just kind of be chill and I'll hang out with you on weekends or whatever. And that's like a mature, reasonable thing that you were kind of hoping would happen. And then Goofy Goofy immediately, the next scene, literally bursts into their dorm room at six in the morning. And makes them clean it with shovels. Yeah. You're just like, what the fuck is this, Goofy? I thought you like liked your son. Yeah. Instead, he's like, hey, it's before six o'clock and you've got to clean your room. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck? The other thing is that that ends the the uh, the moments in this movie. That's like the last that's the that's the that the uh, the line. That's the line in the sand. At that point, you think, oh, well, Max is just going to sit him down again and be like, hey, dad, remember our talk yesterday? You're not allowed to just burst into our room and like make us clean it. We're not little kids. We're, we're doing the college thing. And instead, he just seethes. He's just like, I hate my fucking dad. Yeah. <laughs> this, Like I said, everything dials up. Because now, instead of 
fucking Max just being like, oh man, my dad's so embarrassing. Oh, I can't believe he's here. He's like, I hate my father. My father is literally the worst and I would murder him to get rid of him. And you're like, <laughs> what the fuck just happened? Just have the conversation again. Give him a strike. <laughs> And Goofy, of course, is like, oh, well, I'm going to ruin my child's life. And then when he tells me, Dad, you're ruining my life, I'm going to do it some more. Wee-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-
everybody at college is like, hey, disco's great. I love disco now and begins to dance along with them in a disco way because that's what kids know. Yes. Kids all get super. I mean, that fucking happened in Ready Player One. So this movie's just prescient. Remember that one scene? You remember like, when a boomer play. writes some shit yeah. and they're like, kids love disco. It's got We got to play old music. And then they put on like Saturday Night Fever music or something. And sure enough, everybody in the whole building is like, fuck, yes, I love it when people take over our, our techno di- uh, club and turn it into an old disco one. Happens here, too. And so afterwards, the two of them go out and they're like sitting on a bench by a lake. And Miss Marple is like, oh, this was the greatest night of my life. And Goofy straight up turns to her and says, mine, too. And I was like, the birth of your son, marrying your (laughs) wife. What the fuck, Goofy? Goofy, What the fuck? Goofy started existing the the episode one, minute one of of Goof Troop. And that was the the only time. There's no before that. (laughs) Because, yeah, when he's like, this was the greatest moment of my life. And I'm like, you said that in the last movie, dude. Well, it's true this time. I can't remember the rest of my life. Last time you said it, it was when your son did, or, or your son and you were getting along really well, and it was a really poignant moment between the two of you. But I guess it was just nothing. You were just waiting for a librarian who had one thing in common with you. Well, that- I'm just saying it. It's not the most important thing in my life, but Goofy got to get his dick wet. <laughs> your son fucks, Max. <laughs> oh, God. The <laughs> yeah, that moment literally made me yell at the at the screen and be like, fuck you, the birth of your child. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, what are you here for, Goofy? <laughs> uh, but yeah, Goofy gets so he gets recruited into the into the gammas. A bunch of we're just skipping over a bunch of dumb shit. But you can tell this movie was written by just soulless boomers, because like one of the sportscasters for the X Games just keep getting talked over by the other one. The the, the one who's doing the talking over is doing Howard Cosell. Because, because of course, I mean, I guess because they couldn't find a guy who could do Harry Carey. <laughs> so I'm Howard Cosell. You just get that. you like, why? Why are you doing that? Oh, because that's the only thing I can equate with sports announcer. <laughs> this whole movie is supposed to be about a battle between the 70s and the 90s. Why are you doing this Cosell shit? And yet the constant looming X Games shit that is in every conversation. Yeah. Contractually. And they got a weird concept of the X Games anyway. Well, there's <laughs> the scene is Goofy is, of course, with the Gammas and they're like, all right, we're going to go ahead and be competing against. It's the qualifying round. Yeah, it's the qualifiers to get into the actual X Games proper and the Gammas cheat by putting a rocket on Goofy's skateboard, which they will later cheat by putting a rocket on a competitor's skateboard because cheating is just, we have rockets that do anything we want. When you press the button to make the rocket go, it does a good thing if you if you press it with good intentions and a bad thing if you press it with... It's a magic rocket Look, button. I've got the rocket's ma- not magic. The button is. <laughs> i got magic rocket button with regular <laughs> rocket. I, <laughs> the rocket was sentenced to be good if we need you to win and ba- by a crazy cartoon judge. <laughs> Look, I've Very got, popular. I've got a strange magic button. Mm-hmm. A shiny candy-like button. Bonkers T. Bobcat arrested this button once. <laughs> uh. But okay, so 
So yeah, Goofy, and this is another thing that drives me insane. Goofy gets out there because he's like, well, you got to go. Do, you're the guy who's going to skateboard qualifiers. First of all, why? Like Bradley Uppercrust is a legitimately very good skateboarder. Why not just have him win this like he always does? Well, the whole thing with that they is they're like, cheat. we want to embarrass yeah. Max. It's not just about getting in there because they're like, no matter what, we'll qualify. It's yeah. fine. But they're like, we specifically want to rub it in the face of our competitor who turned us down. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I understand that, but you're like, let's put Goofy out there with a rocket on his skateboard. I'm like, at least these guys are genre savvy enough to know if you, <laughs> if you fuck with Goofy, if you he, push the, the scenario that Goofy is in mm-hmm. far enough, then he will excel. Yeah. There's a switch that flips it, which Goofy becomes competent. Yeah. It's if he, it is just like, Hey, I need you to walk across the street. You're going to fall down and hit your head a bunch and fall into like a sewer. Yeah. However, if it's you need to get across the street and also there are sharks and an oil slick and then 50 birds, you're like, oh, this dude is going to do some shit. Also, it's the last two minutes of the comic or the cartoon. And he's like, oh, this is where I come to be. Yeah, that is where he will shine. But they know that. That's not what I wanted to complain about. What I wanted to complain about is that he starts the routine without the rocket being turned on and falls on his fucking face. And then he has to get up and start again. And then they get to do the rocket and he still gets a perfect 10 across the board. And I'm like, what the fuck, judges? Did you not notice the part where he face planted? Yeah. He goes down a ramp, falls off, has to get back on. I'm like, I don't care if the rest of his thing was impressive as fuck. You lost a point, my dude. Yeah. But Max qualifies as well, even though he's got, not only does he have the, the, a real bad case of the yips after watching his dad do his amazing job, but also the blatant cheating is just continuing because they're like shining lights in his eyes and stuff to make him fall on, on yeah. things. He redeems himself with like an extremely slow, but very technically incredible uh, move where he like... He does, does a skateboard he, handstand. He does a skateboard handstand on a, the edge of a vert pipe. It's very impressively done. He even spins on one finger while he's doing it. It's a goofy movie thing, whatever. Um, but he qualifies, but now he like fucking hates his dad because he's like... Yeah, he, he barely he, qualifies and when his dad's like, oh, gee, I'm sorry, Max. He's like, fuck you, dad. Never talk to me again. <laughs> he's like, Jesus Christ, dad. The one thing in the world I give a shit about. And you showed up. You drove halfway across the country just so you could be better than me at it. You piece of shit. Yeah. And Goofy gets so sad that he stands up his college date, his new college librarian girlfriend. He's so sad that he hallucinates a yellow submarine-esque dream (laughs) sequence. Yeah, where everyone's yelling at him, including like everybody who's been in the movie so far. Yeah, we get a come on, get happy where he does a little drug sequence. And then, Mm -hmm. of course, the trip turns bad because he remembers Max telling him he doesn't want him around anymore. I'd forgotten about rainbow-haired dream Goofy. Yeah. (laughs) But... But yeah, he stands up Miss Marple because he just forgets to go. And of course, he's so forlorn and fucked up over Max telling him to get the fuck out of his life. He also just bombs at his midterms. Mm -hmm. So now Goofy's at an all-time low. He's... He's fucked up his relationship with both of his son and his new sex partner, mm-hmm. whom he fucks. Mm-hmm. He has messed up his Repeatedly grades. Repeatedly and in crazy positions. <laughs> he has messed up his grades. The real only reason he's at college uh-huh. so that he can find a job. Well, if there's one thing these two movies share in common, it's Bobby. But if there are two things these movies share in common, it's, it's that- Goofy fucks. No, it's the- <laughs> he didn't fuck in the first one. He he thought he might with the with the lady who was in that big glass bubble. Oh, yeah, the, the large lady at, at yeah. the power line show (laughs) and i like to think he eventually had a dalliance with her before they headed home yeah but the other thing is when goofy's at his lowest point he turns to his best friend pete yep and pete just fucking belittles him and it solves the problem yeah (laughs) 
Except this time he does it without any of the, the weird hot tub dad. Maybe just this one time. It doesn't count if it's in a hot tub. Sexual tension that made the first movie such a fucking amazing thing. Oh, yeah. There is there is nothing here where it's like, well, gosh, Goof, why don't you come over here real close? like?" And you're like, nope. Your now it's just, it's just Pete being like, well, you know, you got to get out there and throw some horseshoes. And he's like, horseshoes? I remember that from the beginning of the a movie. A stupid lecture. Oh, you got to stay concentrated and focused. I really wanted the movie to have a hat to hang on this scene because it's just Pete being like, hey, you know, college degree. College degrees are for idiots. If you have a college degree, then you're wasting your time. If you know that four quarters add up to a simoleon, then you're going to do great in the world. And I really want Goofy to be like, Pete, how do you make money? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> never made sense. <laughs> well... I inherited millions of dollars from my parents. <laughs> I sued Mickey for stealing my steamboat. <laughs> <laughs> I've got pictures of Mickey you wouldn't believe. <laughs> oh, no, I would. <laughs> oh, I've been there. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, he remembers. Pete just reminds him of his stupid horseshoe lecture from the beginning of the movie, and he runs back to do the most important thing he can possibly do. Get his girlfriend back! Because yep. that's the first thing he does. He's like, all right, I got an eye on the prize. What I'm here at college to do. I forgot about it. I lost focus. I need to remember it. It's getting my dick wet. Hey, baby, sorry about that. <laughs> and you're like, oh, man, goof, priorities, and I love them. Yeah. <laughs> So he, like, uh, confronts her in the library and keeps popping through the shelf stack to try and talk to her. She's doing the standard any cartoon character that's been stood up and not trying to figure out what happened. Yeah. But instead just being mad that it happened. So she's just like, don't even talk to me. And he's like, uh-huh. well, won't you let me explain? And she's like, why would I ever let you explain? And you're like, I don't know, because it'd be an interesting story, maybe. <laughs> like, I would love to hear that before I shut someone out forever is like, what happened exactly before b- before I close the door on this? I would like to know exactly what happened. <laughs> That's a thing. Circumstances exist. But yeah, she... He never does tell her. She's, no, she's, she's just like, oh, you're so sad and a sack of dumb idiot. All right, I'll help you study for your tests. Mm-hmm. And so then we get an extended montage scene of goofy... It's Rocky exercise it, it, studying. It's a Rocky montage. Yeah, we already did the other with the the uh, uh, the yellow submarine montage, and now we're doing the Rocky. He even dresses like Rocky does. He doesn't do the going up the steps part. No, but he has the same outfit. He's doing like push ups where every time he does a push up, he reads part of a page. Yeah, it's that, he's, it's that he's exercise studying. Yeah, so he has to be like, oh, I'm lifting weights, but every time I lift the weight up to my face, it's a book. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, so so he gets really, really well-read. And swole. <laughs> I think there, is there even a scene where he, like, aces a midterm? Yes. I think there's a scene where he goes to take one, but I don't remember seeing the results of it. The results are, Oh, that's again, right, all A's across the, the board, I remember now. The This is not how college works, mm-hmm. where it's like, ah, oh, Goofy, let's see your grades, and it shows him and all of the classes that he is in and all of his scores but it's along with every, every other student of the other students. And you're like, there's oh, okay. I've got problems. One, he's taken like seven courses. Mm. No wonder this dude is failing. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and they're all taking seven courses. Everyone at the school is taking the exact same number of the exact same yeah. classes. Number two, why are there everyone with the exact same class load you have? <laughs> and also, isn't this private information? That one, at least, I'm like, I've seen the whole, we'll post test results. Yeah. But the fact that it's, we're going to give you your overall grades for seven different courses just 
up on a board. <laughs> I was like, man, what is going on at this It's like college? they tried out for the school play or something. And you know what? I tried out for school plays, and I never actually did do the thing where you had to walk up to the board and see who you got on no, it. No, of course not. I don't know if that's real or the, if that's a TV The drama thing. teacher would be like, hey, you got whatever role. Yeah. I don't. I mean, tell tell me if I'm wrong. Maybe that was a thing from earlier than me in maybe, high school. Maybe it was a thing if there were like big cast ones. Because mm-hmm. like my high school was not huge, right? So you know, the drama teacher could just be like, "Hey, you got whatever thing," but it wasn't like, "Oh, we're doing a like a show that has fifty parts in it, so I have to post." this thing because I don't want to go around to everybody. Yeah, I guess that's fair. That's probably what... The, the one play I actually was in in high school had like 26 cast members because it had a chorus. That is more than has ever been in any play I was in in high school. <laughs> well, it's because it had a chorus. It wasn't It wasn't that... It wasn't... It, there were like uh, eight of them were chorus. Yeah, I think the most we ever had in any play I was in was like 12, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I remember being ultra pissed that the one time I had a chance to try out for a play in high school, they did the female version of The Odd Couple. Oh, I, like, I did the regular version <laughs> of The Odd Couple. It has, like, seven people in it, and 90% of it is just two people. And I'm going to guess you were Oscar if you were in it at all. Of course I was. <laughs> That's why we get along so well, because we're both Oscar. <laughs> Everyone knows two Oscars make a right. <laughs> They just call us the regular couple. <laughs> We're just a regular old couple over here. What the fuck is this? Spaghetti? Linguini? Who cares and who knows? Uh, all right. Anyway, so Goof manages to ace all of his exams and get to the end of the year, because I guess the X Games take place at the end of either the semester or the school year, whatever it is. <laughs> Whenever it's thematically convenient, <laughs> yeah, the X the, Games start. The X Games start when the drama is the highest. <laughs> and they have started. And it, again, I, I'm still like not sure how many people you're allowed to put on your team, but notably Goofy is not, they've cut him loose. He, well, yeah, quit. he quit. He quit. It was what it was part of his like. I got to focus. Well, one of his bits of focusing was quit the fucking gammas. And they're like, I don't think you understand. You don't quit the gammas. Yeah, you're in for life, baby. <laughs> you know. And then when he's like, Yeah, but fuck you. They're like, All right, well, you can't quit. <laughs> I'm just we gonna fire leave. you. Did you notice that I'm like in my 40s and I have a house and shit? Fuck the bunch of you. <laughs> what What are you little turds gonna do? <laughs> Come near my house again. I'll castle doctrine you. <laughs> Goof don't fuck around. I'll stand my ground. <laughs> I can slow the idea of him being back at his house after quitting the Gammas, and the Gammas show up in a car, they see Pete, and they just keep driving. <laughs> oh, oh shit, it's fucking Pete. Oh no, oh god. <laughs> I buy my coke from that guy. You best keep driving, you goofs. <laughs> uh, so, when he gets kicked out of the Gammas, he goes back in real quick, and overhears that they are going to cheat, which, mm-hmm. yeah, no shit. Their cheating conversation, by the way, is hilarious. How are we going to win without that goof guy, baby? We'll do it the same way we've always won. We'll cheat in every event, and then we'll win because of cheating. Because we are cheaters, and you we see. cheat. <laughs> <laughs> Goofy's like, gosh, I made her listen for a couple extra seconds. Make sure they're cheating. 
And the, the the fucked up thing is, he knows that they are cheating. It does not matter. He does not stop them cheating. He does not go to an official to no. say that they are he, cheating. He just goes, he to, goes Max, to Max. And Max, who's in full-fledged, absolute asshole mode. One of the things you notice about this movie is they give PJ a love interest. Why don't they give our main character Max a love interest? Because it would require him to not be a raging douche for even a second. And, and he just can't. And that's a no-go on this movie. <laughs> So he, son, he runs in, he's like, God, Max, I'm awful sorry about everything, but I gotta tell you, they're planning to cheat, like, a lot. And Goofy's like, or Max is like, did they tell you to say that, you piece of shit? Get the fuck out of my huh? way. You coming in here to try and get in my head? And I'm like, he's already in your head. He lives there rent-free. <laughs> you, saw, you saw him fuck your shit up at the one event you're good at. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> your dad already owns you and your tiny little dog dick. It doesn't matter anymore, buddy. <laughs> Oh, you might as well listen to what he has to say because he's in charge of you. He is full on in charge of you. He and Goofy even is like, no, I I quit the gammas. I'm not part of this. I'm just telling you that they're going to cheat. And again, he's just like, fuck you, dad. Get out of here. I bet you're just saying that to help the gammas for some reason. I don't think it would have mattered if he had told even one official he was cheating. Notably, the gammas cheating is not discovered over the course of the next. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. The fact that he knows they are cheating has literally no impact on the events. No. He could have never overheard that, and it would play out in literally exactly the same way. Because things like, there is a scene where someone just give, sticks a rocket pack on the back of, P, of PJ before one of the events and just sends him out of the movie. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the same thing where they put the same rocket on a skateboard, uh-huh. but whereas before it just made... Uh, Goofy go fast. Now it shoots PJ into the atmosphere. And he's standing right in front of a referee. There's a referee looking at him, and he just goes, wow, that guy flew out of here. Well, that was crazy. Anyway, game's got to play as conti- as regular, and you're like, no, dude, that guy's dead. We're done for the day. <laughs> you saw a guy get killed. <laughs> you watched PJ from the show die. <laughs> <laughs> you saw a teenager eat shit and die you need to quit and in a weird way like he got fucking raptured or something you need to solve this mystery <laughs> somebody call in the scoobies because we got a mystery on our hands <laughs> that's one dog that did get raptured <laughs> confirmed pj believes and knows the holocaust happened and he's up there just trying to talk like God to get in God's good graces. <laughs> Thou shalt have no supplicants before PJ. Am I doing it right? <laughs> like me. I'll be whatever. I I love Christianity so much, God. Oh, man. Oh, jeez, God. I'm so... Oh, no. That's basically his voice. <laughs> PJ enough. is essentially Morty for a younger generation. I guess that's fair. An older generation. <laughs> oh, jeez, Pete. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the referee just watches this happen. He's like, well, you got a minute to find another player or you lose. You need three people to start it. You don't need three people to finish it. Yeah. Cause as we will find out, you can lose two other people and still win this final competition. But in order to start, you need three for some reason. Yeah. You don't see that many events. This is like the cross country skateboarding event. It's a weird, I don't think the X it's, Games. it's the triathlon. Cause they're like, oh, you have to go. Like skateboarding, mountain biking, and rollerblading. Yeah, it's it, it's it, yeah. I think it's in the opposite order, but yes, that's exactly it. But those are the three yeah. you need to do. Yes. Whereas we've seen rock climbing, which rock Bobby climbing wins. and luging. Yeah, bo- uh, Bobby wins rock climbing despite cheating, and then P- and then uh, Max Lee wins luging despite cheating, and, and then like, PJ 
is still there. <laughs> and you're like, wait, haven't they won all the events already? Why are we even worried about this stupid... Is, does this one just count for all the points? Or the other yes, ones were because just the other ones were the qualifier for who gets to the last one. So it's this is the finals. They were in the semifinals, and now it's just these two teams <laughs> yeah, that's, that's in the right. triathlon. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. That is how it works. But yeah, they win the first two events despite cheating. Bobby just notices that uh, the... the uh, Someone's taken rock grips out. Yeah, which amuses me because like once the rock grips are taken out, there's holes there, which are better rock grips. Right? <laughs> but instead, he just climbs faster than they can take the grips away. And you're like, God damn, they really just were like... What, what should we do with Polly Shore's character in this movie? Should we have him be all Polly Shorey? No, he's just a competent a- athlete and a person who stays true to himself. Yeah, he will have one moment where he's like, oh, yeah, cheese, maybe, because they got nachos, and baby, that's it. Yeah. Honey, sweetie, Otherwise, nothing. there's a scene where Max threatens to quit the college because his dad's too up in his head. He's like, there's nothing for it, you guys. I'm leaving town and switching I'm, schools. Yeah, I'm going to transfer to a different college. I can't deal with this. And then Bobby gives him a, like, a speech where he's like, are you going to let these people who, who are cheating and awful beat you? Huh? Do you want to be some other guy's towel boy? Huh? And there's no like, I am the weasel or whatever. It's none of that. It's there's just no Polly Shore business. Yeah. It's just him voicing of this character. It's so weird. This is like the straightest role Polly Shore has ever been. And I'm counting that Pinocchio thing. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah. But they're cheating like crazy. Just every event they have a way the, the uh during the rollerblading, they like throw an old lady out in front, they move the they move the hay bales around, they do anything they can to cheat, and it's working. They manage to uh to get PJ out of the race with a rocket. Uh, Goofy replaces PJ on the team, obviously. Yeah, that's because Max goes and runs to a camera and is like, Dad, we need you. I forgive you. Now that I actually need you for something, I forgive you. <laughs> I require you in order to fulfill my thing that I'm doing, so now I care. Dad, this means nothing. Immediately after the games, I will desperately hope you're gone again. <laughs> that is literally what happens. Father, you are dead to me except when I need you for something. <laughs> Standard college student experience, though, really. Yeah. Like, Dad, I mean, he might have gone on camera and be like, Dad, can you do my laundry and give me $300? <laughs> but, but yeah, so uh, Bobby gets knocked out of the, uh, the, the finals by having his, uh, the, the front wheel of his bike removed, so he goes off a corner and lands in mud. Yep. Uh, and then Go- Goofy's just doing fine, but he's always behind everyone else. He's just not keeping well, yeah, up. Yeah, because he's, he's goofing around. He's got to do some business in yes. the background. So what happens is it's Max versus Tank and, uh, and, and what's his name? Glenn. Uh, Bradley. Bradley. Thank you, Bradley. Uh, because the third member of their team, some nobody named Slouch, has also been knocked out of the race. Yes. Um, so... He's racing against the two of them, and then Bradley decides it's so important to win that he cheats by by sabotaging Tank, causing Tank to go flying headfirst at like 300 miles an hour into a statue of the X logo, which everyone, all the announcers, and so it collapses on top of him and catches on fucking fire, and everyone's like, yep, but the race has to go on. That's the X Games spirit. Oh, yeah. the A giant scaffolded and clothed X falls onto the like trail that they are using to get to the actual finish line. It is on fire. At least one of tank is pinned under the scaffolding yelling for help. And they're just like, man, you hate to see it. Well, 
<laughs> oh, hold on. What the fuck? Where's the emergency crew? I mean, I guess they were like, wow, that's two dead teenagers today. I mean, granted, one of them was Brad Garrett. He's probably not a teenager. <laughs> that's that's definitely two dead people today. One shot directly into heaven. The other crushed in a strange pre-9-11 prescience. <laughs> but yeah, Max is finally remembers that he's like not a bad person. And- yeah, because he looks and he's like, oh, I'm fine. And he sees... He's got a straight shot to the finish line. But he can hear Tank yelling. And he's like, all right, well, fuck. So he goes back in, and of course, Goofy also joins him in there, and they're like, all right, let's fucking help Tank up. Yep, and so they get Tank up. They're skating for the finish. Bradley, who had fallen down briefly, has recovered. Yeah, Bradley completely ignored them and Mm -hmm. just went for the finish line. Yep, but they beat him anyway because Max is really fast and wants to win. Yep, and And they get, I mean, it's the... Three of them on a skateboard, and they're mm-hmm. like, all right, well, you go do it, and Tank just gives him a giant push. Yes, which gets him up to even, and then he just wins on his own merit. He gets a big trophy, and there's a point where Brad... They had earlier, as we John had mentioned, they did have a bet between Bradley and Max over the loser has to be the other person's towel boy. So Bradley's like, hey, I will honor my word. I will be your towel boy. And Max is like, no, I don't give a fuck. I don't I, want I, you to be my I, towel I, boy. I, I never gave a shit about that at all. It's insane you're, you're, you're harboring your word, or honoring your word, though, given that you've done nothing but cheat since I've met you. Yeah, considering you are basically a little shithead, the fact that you're like, oh, it was never in writing, goodbye, fuck you, beep, 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 beep. Yeah, you think that, but instead, Max is like, I don't give a fuck, dude, I have never given a fuck about you, I only care about skateboarding and disliking my father, there is yeah. nothing else going on up here. I don't need you to be my tellboy. however, there is someone you should probably talk to, and of course, a soot-covered, pissed-off tank is there, mm-hmm. and he's just like, oh, baby, I'm gonna fuck your shit up. <laughs> And just fires him into space, where I assume he finds PJ (laughs) and brings him back. Because in the final scene of this, PJ is sitting with Beret Girl in the back without lines existing. Just fine. The part where he got flung directly into the clouds above goes unmentioned forever. I mean, I get it. It's a cartoon. So he probably just landed and, you know, did a little ahoo. Yeah, he landed in a pond somewhere and was like, oh. There's a round circle of smoke that came out from him. (laughs) That's all. He was fine. But... But yeah, he just, that, that's the way this thing ends. <laughs> it's just like, yay, we did it. We won. S- s- class is over, but I think we're staying in the dorms. It's not really made clear one way or the other how this is going to work. And then we get, oh, it's graduation day, and Max gives Goofy the X Games trophy because he's like, ah, uh, here you go. I finally learned that I should love my dad, and uh, I engraved it with a, like, to a great dad or whatever. Yeah, and then fucking uh, Miss Marple pulls up and it, she's, yeah, he's giving the X Games trophy to his dad. The, the librarian pulls up in a fucking, like, cherry 70s Bel Air. Yeah. And, and, and then uh, he's like, oh, that's my ride, son. And then he goes over and she gets out of the way. And so I'm he not can... talking about the car. <laughs> well, notably, she gets out of the way so he can drive immediately and unspoken. Yeah. I wanted to be like, son, you gotta start watching some Andrew Tate videos. <laughs> <laughs> a man should drive, Goofy. <laughs> Max. Max? Oh, a man should drive Goofy. A man and should I drive am Goofy. goofy. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna drive. I will drive Goofy. But then he, like, fucking pranks his son because he's like, hey, you know what will be good relationship again now? I'm gonna fuck with it. I can't wait to poke at it. Because he's <laughs> yeah, like, hey, son, I took a job at the university. Yeah, because, you know, Max is like, oh, you know, it was it was great that we reconnected here at the very last day of school at the X Games. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know... I, I'm I'm glad that you're done and and you've graduated and you're gonna go do whatever and uh it's it's nice that we're 
you know, good now. Yeah. But I'm I'm glad that I won't have to see you. And he's like, but please you, go. I, my, I did get a new job, and it's here, and I'm gonna see you every day, every fucking day do you hear me i'm gonna be up your ass also if you were thinking about changing hobbies from skateboarding i'm gonna be three steps ahead of you what's it gonna be magic the gathering i've already won six tournaments oh yeah you just gonna give up on girls and date bobby i'm already dating bobby oh me and bobby got something going on you got that right mr goof (laughs) <laughs> he calls this the leaning tower of cheese. <laughs> You'll never be free. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, this fucks up Max. Then he's like, I'm just fucking with you. Bye. And they just drives off to probably have sex with his photorealistic dog girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's not that bad. <laughs> she just has more of a fox snout than everybody else in this. Yes. They normally tend to give everybody ridges on the nose, which is like a thing about Goofy and the, and the flop ears. But she's got like fox up triangle ears and a fox face. Yep. The, there is also, I got to say, there is, you know what? I'll say it on my favorites and least favorites. Never mind. Fine. That's Never fine. the fuck mind. Hey, that's fine. Let's go ahead. Oh, and then everybody disco dances for the credits. Oh, of course. Because, you know, you got it. Yeah. All right, so let's get into our bests and worst then. Mm -hmm. Jeff, tell me the best moment, the number one thing from an extremely goofily movie. It's the scene where Bobby goes, hey, did you ever notice that we're all always wearing gloves? Yeah. It's the best moment. It's the part where he's like, how come we all wear like goofy style outfits where we're all like wearing gloves and have blacked out noses? What is happening? (laughs) And, you know, it shows him like, Picking up the glove He's and being like his own f- glove. What the fuck? Like they sleep with those things on. Those are just part of their fucking bodies. But notably, none of the women are wearing them. Notably, Ber- beret girl who is in that scene next to him is not wearing gloves. But every man in the movie is wearing those same plain white four fingered Mickey gloves that are just de rigueur for Disney characters. Uh, sans Donald, I think. Hmm. But it's a great moment because you're like, fuck yeah. Why are they always wearing gloves? Uh. <laughs> What about you? What was your favorite part? Uh, I mean, the best single thing in this is the uh, Goofy gives the old typewriter to Max. It is the only thing in here that I was like, this had heart. Yeah. This felt like something from the last movie or even the show. Like, this is what you would want that sort of relationship dynamic to be. So it was the one part of this movie that felt like it belonged. Hell, I would have I would have even given it to the scene where after Max leaves, like really early in the morning, Goofy just walks dejectedly upstairs and starts crying in Max's old room. Like <laughs> too that's, much. That's it's a moment. It's like a real moment where this movie feels like it doesn't have space for real moments. <laughs> like that's not what this is supposed to be. No. Uh, all right. Worst part of this movie for you. I mean, it's got to be the the scene where Max is like, look, I, I got this under control. I had a real heart-to-heart talk with my father. He will not be bothering us. He'll be here at the college. We'll be friends, but he will not show up in our dorms unannounced. And then he just does, and nothing is done about it. Yeah. Like, there's not a scene where he's like, Dad, we talked about this. And that that idiot plot framing where he's just like, well, from this point forward, me and my dad are enemies instead of like me trying to continue to fix this Yeah. Um, is, is the worst part for me. Uh-huh. What about you? I... <laughs> There are a couple scenes, but I think my least favorite thing about this has to be 
how dirty they did PJ. <laughs> I know. I, it's crazy. I mean, also how dirty they did fucking Roxanne. I want to know what happened to her. Right? She disappears. We get Beret Girl, who does not have a name. Honestly, the fact that they don't even give a name to most people in this. Yeah. Hell, they even set P- uh, Bobby up with someone in the last movie. Remember, there was like Roxanne's yeah, was, nerdy cheese like and friend. There was the braces chick who was also a huge weirdo like Bobby. And yeah. you're like, great. Love it. Love I mean, that I get for it. them. They're young high school students. They don't need to stay with their girlfriends all the way through high school. That's an unrealistic thing to expect. I don't expect that. But I would like to know what happened to them. I would like a connection between this movie and the, and, and the old one. Yeah. But yeah, the fact that PJ is like, look, I'm going to have a maximum of three lines mm-hmm. and two of them are me obviously trying to get into a girl's pants by being someone I'm not. Yes. And I'm like, God damn it, PJ. No resolution, no storyline. There's a point where PJ is in the movie and they just literally physically remove him from the movie <laughs> yeah. because he's temporarily inconvenient. Uh, Why wasn't that Bobby? <laughs> Bobby right? is your tertiary. Why wouldn't you have him get blown off into the atmosphere? It's so weird to me that they're like, oh, we have three characters and we need room for Goofy to come in. Well, let's get rid of him. And they chose PJ. But again, they had already done him dirty this entire movie. Yeah. Like, fucking someone called Beret Girl has more lines than he does. Yes. And I'm just like, nope, you fucked up. Also, he has spent the past year apparently religiously training for the X Games, and instead of toning up even slightly, he's just gotten, like, incredibly more chunky. Yep, he's just a balloon Pete-sized dude. Yeah, and you're like, why did that happen? And why is he such a strong contender for the X Games? I'm pretty realistic about whether or not I could be in the X Games given my current carriage. And, you know, we see him. He's like, oh, yeah, he's constantly on a fucking, like, BMX bike. Yeah. So he's doing... He's fucking, exercising. He's doing tricks. He's exercising. He's out there doing that. And they're like, we have been practicing all year for this. I'm like, man. How weird would this movie have been, though, if they had been like, we've been practicing all year for the X Games and, like, slender PJ came in? PJ just comes in and he's got just loose skin around his <laughs> neck because he has lost that much weight. Yeah. And you're like, God damn. <laughs> what happened, man? That would have been a weird... I, I would have... I would have honestly preferred that just because it would have been sort of an interesting shock moment. Yeah, it would have been something for PJ to do. Yeah. (laughs) All right. And then he like realizes over the course of the movie that he's not comfortable with this new weight. And he's like, I was happy the way I was. I've sold out for the X Games. (laughs) I'll sell out for anything. What am I? (laughs) Oh, man. Jeez, Max. I just, uh, I'm I'm real sorry I'm selling out all the time, but uh, I, I can't stop it. I don't know what I am, Max. I have no real identity. I have trauma from my dad. You don't know what he does. You don't know what he did to my sister, Max. I, I had to become a mirror to survive, Max. Ah. <laughs> uh. So let's go ahead and rate this movie. We're each going to give it a score from 0 to 5 to give it a full rating out of 10. Jeff. 2. Not quite, not even quite to the halfway mark. This kind of sucked. Um, it, it has some jokes and some interesting character development for some of the side characters, but that's it. There's yeah. nothing. This is a solid downgrade, and really it's almost losing half a point just for being such a disappointing follow-up to what I usually consider to be one of the... I put it in the top three of animated Disney uh, uh, film releases. Oh, wow. It's one of my favorite Disney movies. There you go. Uh, It's got a lot to do with the the fucking Garrick Garrick meets Bashir levels of subtext. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I like what I like. (laughs) But, um... But yeah, this gets a two for me. It's just it's just disappointing. Man, I was going to give this a two and a half, but honestly, you've talked me into the two. <laughs> I was like, no, you're right. 
the fact that they they didn't just make a movie that was not as compelling yeah. as like their previous movie, but it just does some of the characters wrong. It it has a lot of weird notions about stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think a two is honestly probably right. Dude, I, the one thing that I'm happy about regarding this movie is that this wasn't the final curtain call for Goofy from the Goof Troop version. Yeah, of Goofy. they didn't murder him. No, I mean like Goof Troop version of Goofy shows up again on the DuckTales TV show, the, mm-hmm. the modern. And I was like, oh, thank God, a proper send off for one of the greatest characters <laughs> of the Disney afternoon. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Four out of ten. It's not the worst movie, but honestly. If you're already on Disney Plus and are going to watch something, boy, there is so much better you could do. Tell you what, though, if you haven't watched a Goofy movie, do yourself a solid and watch a Goofy movie. (laughs) That movie rules. Do yourself a favor. Watch it. (laughs) Just enjoy it. Enjoy it right from the moment when Wallace Shawn says, science, slumber parties. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, thank you so much. For joining us. I'm so glad that we could entertain you for, mm-hmm. you know, about the length of what this movie is. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, we will, of course, be back in a couple weeks, but we are not done with the content. If you would like more, we are right in the beginning of our new season of TV Mastery. Yep. Uh, we have in a fun little crossover a very disco centric. Uh, episode of Auto Man. Yeah, it's a combination of Disco and Smug Douchebags together at tonight's. Yeah, so Disco Smug Douchebag becomes the crossover event between that and an extremely goofy movie. Mm-hmm. So join us there. You can go to patreon.com slash system mastery. Mm-hmm. Join us at the $5 level. It unlocks all of our bonus content. You get the TV Mastery, which is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's and good stuff. You get the Star Wars bonus content, the expounded, expanded, expounded universe, which you don't even need to be w- listening to that show in order to get, because it's just us going to Wikipedia and finding dumb crap from Star Wars universe. Yeah, yeah. And also you get the afterthought and the bonus content for System Mastery. It's a fucking great deal. So if you want to spend $5 and take just a huge rip and on our- a huge dump. A huge rip on our quality content pipe, then, you know, we're offering that for you. Yeah, you're going to be <laughs> dropping- Fat content cotton. (laughs) As long as you buy it from Pete. (laughs) Don't get in my territory. You goof. The cops are afraid of me, Pete. (laughs) Say my name. (laughs) You're goddamn right, you goof. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us. We will be back in another couple weeks with more Movie Mastery. And until then, all of you, have a good one. 